Hi everyone, here's what's bothering me today. A lot of us here in Canada are aware of the Trans Mountain and the Keystone XL pipeline, Keystone which was basically killed. Trans Mountain continues, but what's less known are Line 3 and Line 5. And these pipelines are pretty important. So Line 3 and Line 5 are pipelines that once again flow from Alberta through the prairies and then down through various US states. Usually they tend to run through North Dakota, Minnesota, and then like Michigan and Wisconsin. And because of this, two of these states who right now are under democratic leadership, namely Minnesota and Michigan, there has been a fight brewing in the states over these pipelines and the death of these pipelines could signal the death potentially of the oil and gas industry here in Canada. Let's start with the most explosive news. Um, right now, Line 5, which is the one that runs through Michigan, is seen as a ticking time bomb that must be shut down by next week, according to uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer's office says a key petroleum pipeline for central Canada that runs through the Great Lakes stake is a ticking time bomb and that Calgary-based operator Enbridge Incorporated would be breaking the law if it doesn't shut it down next week as she has ordered. Bobby Letty, press secretary to Ms. Whitmer, said the governor's position is that Enbridge must stop operating Line 5 by May 12th. As of that date, Enbridge's continued operation of the Line 5 pipelines in the Straits of Mackinac would be unlawful, Mr. Letty said in a statement. Now, of course, this will be challenged and this will still be held up. Uh, well, not held up I'm as in like, oh, it will be held up. We're going to be fine with this. I mean, held up in the courts as in it's going to take a while for stuff to happen. Because, of course, Enbridge has counter-argued saying, hey, this is actually a federal matter, not a state matter. So they have to figure out who's in the right and who's in the wrong here. But it ties it up for a bit, and it means that potentially on May 12th, we might have a bit of a showdown. The other pipeline of note is Line 3. There is actually a lot more information on Line 3 because that's been in the news for a while now, at least south of the border. You have, of course, the uh, stopline3.org website, which is dedicated to stopping Line 3. You have Common Dreams calling for Biden to stop the Enbridge Line 3. You have APTN reporting that opposition to the Line 3 pipeline is quiet here in Canada, but not so much down south. There is a lot more opposition to Line 3, especially among Indigenous people and environmental activists in these two states. So let's talk about Line 3 a little bit more. So while Line 5 goes through, you know, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and across the Strait of Mackinac and then down through Michigan and into Sarnia, Ontario, the Line 3 pipeline goes through the prairies and ends in Superior in Minnesota. And because of this, because it passes through or near uh, various wetlands and indigenous territory, this is where the fight has been concentrated most strongly. Granted, some native groups support this pipeline, but as some of these stories, which you know I'll link down below, as some of them point out, Enbridge has spent a lot of money for its public image and on public relations campaigning to basically try and split communities and offer some a ton of money in the hopes that enough of them accept it to allow the pipeline to continue. So because of all this opposition, Enbridge itself is now saying and lobbying the government of Canada and the governments in the states 
They are saying that Line 3 and Line 5 pipelines in the US are absolutely critical. So the thing about Line 3 is that it's actually a replacement project. It's going to mostly run along the existing corridor, just with a new pipeline that's going to be built alongside it, and then they'll dismantle the old one. And then there's a bit of a reroute in Minnesota, which is, again, why a lot of the opposition has been focused there. But the reason why both these pipelines are so critical is that they supply something like 40% of oil and gas to Ontario. And yes, uh, I think at least one, if not two of them do carry sour crude or like tar sands crude, but they can also carry natural gas and light sweet crude. So they can carry a mix of forms of oil. And then they come to places like Sarnia, for instance, that I mentioned earlier, where they are refined. Now, the problem is that uh, as environmental activists are trying to point out is that because of the pipeline's already kind of shutting at a lower capacity and the fact that they could reroute it even further south through, say, Wisconsin and Illinois and then back up to Michigan that way and they don't want it through here. The problem is that that then adds a lot more costs and adds a lot more delays and uh, it means a lack of funds for investment that have been made into line three and line five. In other words, it makes it a lot more expensive for Enbridge to operate. And if it's so expensive for Enbridge to operate and no one really likes having to deal with Alberta tar sands because they are so A, carbon intensive, and B, they take so much money to actually refine into something usable. So it's arguably the least in demand of any kind of oil that you can find around the world. So if Line 3 and Line 5 are held up long enough or outright cancelled and Enbridge has lost this investment money and its public relations money and they're finding that it's still just too expensive to try and make this oil thing happen. They could potentially, maybe not collapse, but pull out of the game the way many other players have been doing in Alberta over the past two decades. What this would mean in turn is even higher prices for consumers here in Ontario, which if gas becomes far too prohibitively expensive and with the push for renewables and in the post pandemic recovery that people want to kind of be green anyway, you might see a drop in the demand for oil anyway in Ontario, either through investment in adequate public transit, the electrification of bus fleets, cycling infrastructure in a variety of cities across the province, the uh, further increase of rebates and subsidies for green or hybrid vehicles. These fights that are forming right now in just two states could potentially be the death knell of the oil and gas industry in Canada. It could also very well mean the utter collapse of the economy in Alberta and potentially Saskatchewan as well. And that would leave them even more pissed off and that could just completely tear Canada apart physically. But in terms of fighting for a greener future and lower emissions, the fight over the future of the Canadian oil and gas sector now lies in the hands of indigenous people and activists in Minnesota and Michigan. And the fact that so many of us are completely unaware that this is happening and that this could be so important and crucial is definitely what's bothering me today.